This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. That was something that was interesting about when I met Christian because he really like just needed someone to sing harmony with him sometimes and I was there and he was just like, can you sing? Like, let's try. And the more I did it, the more I was like, it, it made me feel like I was like unwinding some web of anxiety in me. Like I was feeling like by letting down this fear, like I can't do this. This is like I was opening up to something more honest. That's group loves Hannah Hooper reflecting on her early days collaborating with bandmate and partner Christian Zaccone before group love was even a glimmer in their eyes. They were living in New York trying to make it as artists and ran out of money, so they went to an artist commune in Greece where they could live almost for free. And that's where they met the other members of group love. They've been making excellent albums together ever since, including the latest, an album called Healer that just came out. And Hannah had an intense year leading up to Healer, including having brain surgery, you'll hear her talk a bit about that, as well as suffering the death of a close friend, but also a creative triumph. She had her first ever solo exhibition as a painter. So we talk about all of those things and more in episode 42 of the LSQ podcast. I'm your host, Jenny LSQ. Thanks so much for pressing play. So tell me about what your creative space here in L.A. is like. What does the space look like where you paint and where you go to access that mode? Well, I, it's changed a lot since I had a kid. Um, I, for this, I just had my first solo exhibition sort of closing out 2019. Nice. And yeah, it was amazing. It was at Subliminal Projects in Echo Park, which is Shepherd Fairy's space. Sick. It was very, like... I mean, I felt a lot of pressure on it just because I felt like I had a lot to like share and show and I hadn't painted in a long time and sort of like lied my way into saying that I was ready for the exhibition. But you gotta, I rented, you gotta sometimes. You right? gotta. You like you know you're ready, but you just have no work. That's yeah. what I was that's what happened. So I um I rented a space in Echo Park that I convinced the label that was gonna be a band rehearsal spot. So I got them to cover most of it and then it just became my Because you need, knew you needed a room to go to that wasn't where you could get distracted by doing anything family stuff. literally yeah. I'm so easily distracted so my daughter is like my everything but she's also very loud and very time consuming yeah. so I just had to like sort of as a job I just like have breakfast with her and then she'd go to school and I would go to the studio right yeah so how do you think that the work you showed um at the exhibit 
was different as a result of having been compiled quickly instead of if you had been doing, had been able to do the more protracted version? Well, you know, it just, it was weird because once I'd kind of caught up technically to where I used to be, which took actually a, a couple months, then I had, I had a friend pass away and I just used it as this like space of healing. And I really went in there and just painted. It was like a weird communication with him. It's like, sounds very, when I try to explain it to people, it sounds strange, but I felt like I was trying to understand where he went. And I started painting these super, like I would like lose myself in the work and step back and be like, oh my gosh, like there's another, like maybe there's another dimension or this energy field. Like I'm just, and so it, it became this cathartic thing for me. And then it, and then I was like, okay, now I'm actually building a show. Like wow. this isn't like an illustration or something. This is like me healing, me going through all this. And, and it was really a beautiful process. And that was the first time you'd used painting in that way? Yeah, I think it, like, I mean, I can't say it was the first time, but it was the first time that I, I needed it in that way. Right, yeah. right. So, I mean, I'm curious, like, did your physical practice of painting change? Yeah, you're, you talk about having a period of time where you just had to, rec I'm assuming you mean recovering the physical aptitude to paint after you had your surgery, right? Yeah, well, no, that, that was like, so the day that I was getting, this is kind of crazy, like while I was painting the show, I felt like a weird um, thing happened to the left side of my body. Like a, I would describe it as a slow stroke, but I had no sense if I was like, it was stress induced or it was just like, I, I mean, I was also painting these massive scale paintings that were on the floor and I was leaning over them in this strange position. So I was like, oh, maybe I'm inducing this pain. Maybe this is, you know, I started staying later and later as the show. So I'd have these like, you know, 18 hour days, super physical and lost in this, you know, this world. And then I was like feeling something happening. And it wasn't really until I started like my peripheral on my left side, I was like, there's really something weird happening. So I called my doctor and he's like, you should get an MRI. And um, the day I was getting interviewed for, the painting show like the cameras were set up and we were in the middle I get a phone call and they just kept calling and they were like this is and I could see it was the doctor's office and I'm like the, you have a thing in your brain that's bleeding and you need to get it taken out it's pressing on a nerve that's that eventually it will cause a stroke and I was just like okay okay and Christian was there helping with like oh my god and actually our drummer Ben was there and we were just he, everyone knew that something had just happened you know and I just like kind of tried to snap out of it I don't remember anything I said that day Oh my God, totally. You know, and I was just like, oh shit, like this is real. Yeah. It was very real. Very real. Yeah. yeah and you so, went immediately as soon as possible to. I like three days after the show or four days after the show opened, I got brain surgery, which is crazy. Fuck. So we'd already recorded a lot of the song. Like, like everything was sort of happening once. I don't know why I jumped right into my art show, but I felt like that was my time to process things alone that had happened with a friend of mine who passed. And then, yeah, man, that's a one, two punch for real. Yeah. But in the, in, and, and then, but subsequent to having the surgery, I mean, was there, and was there an intense recovery period from that? I'm guessing you, yeah, your brain surgery, of, it sounds like it was the most very intense. similar to pregnancy where everyone's like, Oh, you like when you're pregnant, everyone tells you like, oh, in this month you're gonna feel hungry and you you might feel <laughs> nauseous, and then you like have the baby and no one is there. You know yeah. what I mean? And it was the same thing where everyone's like, okay, brain surgery, like you'll be under, so you won't notice. But then after the brain surgery, I was like, dude, my head is enormous. Like <laughs> the right side of my head was like six inches out from swelling, yeah. you know, and I couldn't stay awake. 
which was pretty. So I spent two weeks away from Christian and Willa and just recovered up in my parents' house. And it was, I mean, it was, it was just weird. I was like, I felt really brave. And that was something that I was just trying to like stay in that place. Yeah. But it was weird and scary and just like. And where, and where did the writing of these songs for the new group love album happen in this timeline? So they kind of happen at different stages, but, um, the, the majority of the album was written in Texas and El Paso. And that happened before that was happening when I started feeling weird things. It was like, I, we were recording and I was doing the art show like at the same time. Yeah. So there was definitely like an energy when I was writing of like, that I've never felt before of just an awareness of time. Like that time isn't, we don't live forever, you know, yeah. that I'd never really experienced before. And I've felt that more as a mother. And I felt that more, you with know, your friend passing away, with yeah. my friend passing away. And then with our and president then and like just all yeah. of it, just all of it. I just felt this like intensity and this anxiety. And so, and then we were in El Paso where there was, you know, like children being held at the border, separated yeah. from their family. There was just That's a lot. Right. You guys got, now I'm remembering too, you guys were down there at Sonic Ranch and as, you know, listeners who've heard us talk about Sonic Ranch on the program before know it's just a beautiful place. It's a, it's a, just a oasis. Mm -hmm. Um, and people love recording there and there's pecan trees everywhere. Any other time than exactly at the very moment that this just tragedy at the border was, you know, the attention was, you know, shifting to it. It wasn't just when it began by any means, but I remember just thinking, holy shit, they're down there one mile from the border right now that must be fucking intense yeah you could like hear you could hear things i don't know i was and and we you know the most frustrating thing is there's nothing we could do we weren't even allowed to get closer than we were you know there was nothing we could do like i in a way just like wanted to bring comfort through music to these kids or just anything because i knew we couldn't like reach out and touch them or help them or free them or anything you know but it was just a dark time in general so we had this like we just had a lot of things like feeding the album it was very easy to write this album yeah yeah man I mean I guess thinking about where group love began and the energy that that you know people associate at least with like the early beginnings of group love that like I guess this would have to be the darkest <laughs> darkest I know album that's era what's or so and you know what's crazy but it's that... such it doesn't feel like yeah I mean I guess like I feel like the previous album felt a little darker sonically or texturally or something funny, I remember talking to you about the previous album <laughs> yeah. I was just talking to Christian about it and I was just like I don't know it was a mess like we came back from tour and like we didn't have a place to live and like it just seemed like that was that's was your like, definition of a mess at the time you know what I mean yeah it's just interesting how growing up it's I don't know there was um so much that we like learned about ourselves like really me going through such a crazy health issue and just it kind of opened up this place for the whole band to feel safe, to be like, this is what I'm going through this. And I, I feel this and I have anxiety. And like everyone just felt so close during the making of these albums because we were genuinely like scared. And there's something in fear where you can either just like isolate or yeah. and when you're making music, you can't really, I mean, you have to lean on your bandmates, you know, to yeah. make a song. So there was just this like transparency that right. was really nice. And then from that, there was like humor. I think there's something when you feel safe, you're like, oh, let me, like, play in this space and, like, have fun here. Right. And I, like, found that I just really, I mean, I definitely like to avoid what's going on. I learned that, you know, like, by delving into art. And then the art helps me, like, fake, like heal, which is a word I keep using. But <laughs> it's funny. I'm like, well, I keep using this word. But there it is. 
But, it, you know, obviously, looking back to the beginning of Group Love, like, that was, I guess I didn't even realize until I was reading the bio for this album. I guess I never associated that getting together in Crete with being like, well, what else are we going to do? We may as well go to Crete. Like, yeah. you're so young, you know, yeah. just whatever. Yeah. Like, Christian had just had one band or something before that or whatever. But yeah. in, But that's how you guys felt. Arriving there, you felt like, Am I perceiving that correctly? Totally. We were just, we were sort of it like... It felt like a low period when you, we left, when New you York. left for that trip. No one believed in us in New York. You know what I mean? Like, it was one of those things, like, we were living in New York. We were working all these jobs to sort of, like, pay for our studio or, like, make this show for Christian, like, make the show possibility so we could play it. And it just felt like we were really, like, scrapping by. And there was no one that was like, you should be doing what you're doing. We believe in you. <laughs> right. You know, the city was sort of, like, like, tearing us down. And then we met, we found each other, and we were like, wow... Like, I see something great in you. you see, like, we felt this balance. And then for some reason, Greece came into the picture and we were like, let's just get out of here. Like, yeah. we can't afford it anyway. Like, right. you know, and that's a huge thing that artists deal with is like, how do we pay for a space to make art? And so then that, um, you know, being in Abdu, that was where we found a free space to make art. It was like an f- amazing place to be and meet, yeah. you know, the whole band. And it's pretty wild and like serendipitous thing that happened. And I did feel on this other level, like that happened to us again in Texas. Like we were just sort of like left everything and went to Texas to write this album of Dave Siddick, who is a wild man. Yeah. Well, speaking of humor, I'm sure he imports just his, he's a very dry guy. I mean, everyone was like, you guys are going to love or hate each other. And I was like, please (laughs) love each other. Just because we're both so like honest and kind of out there, you know? And we just were like, I mean, if there's no way to translate this expression, we called each other six inch friends, which sounds disgusting, but we were always six inches away from each other the whole time. Wow. So we were just like so funny. And just, he really like, I don't know, he saw something in us that he really wanted us to push us to like, he kept saying like the next level, but I re- th- think he really just wanted us to take the time to make everything the best that it can. Because we write things so quickly. Like I make art so quickly. We just we have this natural connection as a band and then it's like Dave was there to be like now what like we have this amazing melody we have this great song like what do you guys you know let's take a little more time with it right and it was awesome to have that someone believing in you and also pushing us but did there end up being one kind of recurring idea that you guys kept coming back to that was the way in which you took it to the next level or is do do you know what I'm saying no I do I like I'm like, marijuana? I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, no, I, totally. No, <laughs> I think uh, there isn't, there wasn't one way. I think um, I noticed like thematically that for the first time, and this is not the question you asked, but that Christian always spoke about sort of like this tense thing happening around him, that anxiety and this like actual physical things happening around him. And I always was like, how to escape it? You know, he was like, let's talk about this. And I was like, and this is how to avoid talking about this. You know right. what I mean? It was an interesting push and pull. That we... Well, it's coping. It's st- styles of coping, I guess. Totally. Maybe. Yeah. And, and <laughs> Exactly. Subtitle for the album. Yeah. Healer, parentheses, styles of coping. <laughs> coping, exactly. S-O-C. Yeah, totally. I want to I wanna pause and go back in time. Going to go back in time. Do it. <laughs> so you were in New York to pursue visual art. Yeah. And where had you where had you come from? What what made you go to New York thinking I'm gonna I'm gonna paint here? Well, I was from I'm from San Francisco, and I 
I mean, I think I always wanted to go to New York. I just felt like there, there's like an association to New York artists and this like very old school like group of artists who were in the Hamptons, like Jackson Pollock. And right. you know, I just, I just always, there's a romanticism to New York, which when I got there in the early 2000s, I felt like I'd almost missed it. You know, I felt like like the strokes were there or something. I'm like the yeah, yeah, yeah. But as, as for visual artists, there was a huge graffiti thing happening. Mm. Um, and I went to Parsons, which is a very cool school, but uh, very commercially oriented. So right. um, and I like definitely am not a commercial artist, but it taught me a bunch of cool stuff. And anyway, I got in with a bunch of graffiti artists when I was there. I started finding that there was like, I don't know, this adrenaline with doing it. And I was kind of a lookout girl. I was like. But I, I, I just found something really exciting about it. And then I got arrested and I was like, this is, this is not something I'm like drawn to anymore. But I found that same adrenaline in music, which right. is just, I don't know. Um, uh, Christian brought that out in me, but, um, so wait, tell me more if you don't mind about yeah. the circumstances surrounding a graffiti arrest. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was so dumb, you know, sweet and vicious is. Yes. So I was 20 and I was like coming out of the bar there and I, caught like a tag on a vandal squad van like i didn't even know it was a van i just wrote my tag on it and um someone came out of the van and was like excuse me ma'am show me your idea i had a fake id like it was the layers of things that happened wow so wait you were because you were you had a fake id because you were 20 20 and you literally graffitied on the vandal squad's van yes oh my god that's so cute i mean the whole thing what was just, your tag i can't tell you okay <laughs> that's too embarrassing get, i feel like i'd get in a lot of trouble though okay. too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um but look at you now look at me now that I know. Squad. <laughs> <laughs> i'm just thinking of willow when she's older listening to this and she's like what you wrote graffiti i'm gonna write graffiti <laughs> <laughs> It's, I feel like it's a don't ask, don't tell policy with your if your kids do graffiti. You yeah, know what I mean, it's please. just a don't ask, don't tell. Yeah. And when had you started feeling first inklings just of of that kind of creativity as a kid? What were your earliest kind of creative pursuits? God, that's a good question. I don't. I mean, I drew all the time. I was sort of. I always felt just like a, a little bit on the outside of social stuff, and I found that drawing made me really observant and um, made me able to like sit with kids and not feel so anxious. So I would draw people and I, I got attention for it, which I, you know, enjoyed. And I also like kind of savored these memories because I took time to like draw them. So really in high school is when I started using it as a form of like developing, uh, I don't know, like believing in myself. I guess I use it as a way of, yeah, developing that. Right, because you got positive reinforcement for doing it. Yeah, and I also got like, um, privacy in public which is weird because that's why we, before we did this interview I was like are you someone who you consider really social because I always wonder people who put themselves out there I find that a lot of us aren't actually very social people which yeah. I and it's, it's confusing because when people want to talk to you you're like I'm actually like I'm a little freaked out. I'm kind of thinking right now. I'm like in my own weird private space. You <laughs> well, that's know? why I like to DJ at a party because this exactly. way I don't have to talk. That's I was DJing yeah. but drawing. And had you ever had any musical inklings it, it, during you know as a kid? I mean, I did some like super backup musical roles, and I did. I mean, my parents claim I did a lot of performances at home with my older brother, which I don't totally remember. But I I, I was <laughs> like a different person in my house. I was really outgoing in my house, and I'd go to school and feel like not as safe. And right. Something I don't know. So, yeah. um, but that was something that was interesting about when I met Christian because he really like 
just needed someone to sing harmony with him sometimes and I was there and he was just like can you sing like let's try and the more I did it the more I was like it it made me feel like I was like unwinding some web of anxiety in me like I was feeling right like by letting down this fear like I can't do this this is like I was opening up to something more honest and I think I mean I, I don't know if you know but the early group love stages I wore a mask on stage yeah and okay I remember that yeah you like say it. yeah it was very weird like a half like a uh, phantom of the opera mask it's because I was so nervous like I was genuinely so nervous I was bright red and it was before we had like fancy lights I was just like our early early shows I sat on a stool and I saw a YouTube video it's not up anymore thank god um <laughs> where it looks like I'm dry humping the stool like I was just so nervous I was just rubbing back and forth I mean it was yeah. awful and then I stood up after that, and then I had this mask, and then we were in Berlin, I think, and someone thought I was a burn victim, and I was just like, I should just, just stop wearing this mask, because it just, like, it's holding me back, in, in a sense. Yeah. Yeah. But it does seem like you're, you've grown to be an, an ever more confident performer, and obviously that's a huge part of, like, the dynamics of Group Love Live, and do, do you still feel like, is there still a dread of it, or have you grown to kind of love it? I've definitely grown to love it because yeah. I, I finally and like a lot of it was just learning from Christian like he's just been I mean he's definitely my soulmate in so many ways but a lot of it is just like oh like this world is our world up here you know like we can be super versions of us like it would be weird for me to be like headbanging ordering coffee in the morning in LA but I can be like <laughs> you know what I mean I can be as passionate as aggressive as disgusting oh like that I can would be, be a funny video, bit. but exactly like that's like on stage. You're just like, oh, it's like you can let it all out. It's 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 so cathartic. And it's like I, I actually need to get it out on stage now. Like we've been touring for a while and we all just feel like we're like pent up. Oh, like, yeah, ah. yeah. And I guess it you see that that's what people respond to more. The more you behave in ways that everyone else knows they can't in their yeah. normal lives there. Everyone else is all pent up and. And... It's honest, though. You know, that's the thing is, is like, it's not put on. It's really is honest. And if I'm having a bad show, it's pretty obvious, too, because you won't be seeing that. I'll be like fiddling my ears and my pack and like walking to the side of the stage. And that's a reality, too. So when did it start to kind of, you know, how recently did you start to feel good about it? Or what was there a breakthrough moment where where? It's a good question. <laughs> I don't know. I think it was just like one of those annoying things, you know, when people are like, just slowly day by day yeah. like you, st- you know you stick with things and they become a habit or whatever it is it was just something like that there was no like aha moment I just slowly let go and it's so funny that it's like all that tension that we hold in us is actually what's holding us back like yeah. all the control is what's making us suffer it's yeah. so annoying <laughs> How did how has your songwriting practice kind of changed since you first started to even just tap into songwriting as a thing, presumably, you know, when you met Christian or whatever, yeah. but like, do you have a solitary songwriting practice as well? And, and what's that like? I do. It's, um, I mean, I, I started with Christian just being sort of like harmonizing. And then I have memories of us like writing together. And I was so in my head, like, what I say has to be perfect and like it needs to come out and be poetry. And then, you know, the more we got comfortable with each other, the safer I felt to just show that I don't know how to write a song. And by not knowing how I actually, there was like an honesty in the writing that was really refreshing and there's no right way to write a song, you know? And, uh, and he really just like 
supported that. I mean, his patients, I've just heard so many stories where people who write together, there's one person that's really dominant and like Christian really could have been like, I've been doing this my whole life and like, I'm an amazing songwriter and I've worked at this. And he was just like, always like, that's awesome. Keep doing it. And like, yeah, I mean, the real lesson is that it's like support the arts because that's how people, you know. Yeah. And grow. also it's, it, it's another example of, uh, you know, setting the intention and then living up to it. If you call your Sells group love that you're gonna have to totally. be egoless about it to an extent. Totally, Otherwise, I mean he's so egoless. Me love. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I feel like I could be a little more me love. He's so egoless. Like, but it's would beautiful. you? Would you? Do you see yourself at some point do, putting out music that's separate from group love? That's, that's whether a, it's with other people or or on your own. Um, just call it me love. Me love. Yeah, I know. Like, like solo hate. I'm just gonna. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm like, I'm so like focused on this right now that yeah. I haven't really thought about that. But I do, we all actually, everyone in the band writes their own music. And I think that's what makes us so much stronger when we come together. Yeah. And we actually are putting out for Record Store Day a song that I wrote by myself and then we recorded as a band. And it was, I don't know, it was just really nice to like bring it to the band with the confidence, like this is done, like what can we do now? And we've done that before. Like Christian, there's a song Places that Christian just wrote and Dave like added a little to it, but he, it's really a Christian song and that's on the album. Um, but that's pretty rare. Like a lot of the times we write the songs together, you know. And obviously you're going to be going on tour for a year basically and there's yeah. an album that's come out. But uh, are there now future kind of visual arts projects that you're kind of going to put on the back burner for, for later this year? What's what's your next? Like what am I doing visually? Yeah. We're, we're going to do, I mean, so as this world is getting more like technological and people are getting more and more removed from one another, I'm sort of taking the road like let's bring people let's bring like printed things back and like things that I miss personally like I used to go to shows and get zines all the time so yeah. I want to make zines with um, Dan actually takes a lot of our bass player takes a lot of photos on tour and um, Ben has started taking photos our drummer and like Andrew was going to write some stuff and Christian and I were going to do some drawings and just make just a collective thing that just is like shows what we do yeah. on tour so that was something I wanted to do as a group because I think like us being visual together is also helpful and keeps us like a little unit. And then um, I'm doing right now like our stage design and I just actually reached out to Christian Joy. Do you know oh, that? Cool. that yeah. yeah. I Christian figure. Joy, famous Karen yeah. O. Fat, uh, Fashion clothier. Design. Yeah, and also just like it, it's weird because everything I've ever pinned on the computer, anything over my lifetime is basically all been Christian Joy. Yeah. Like. So talking to her on the phone about like ideas I have for what we're going to wear on tour was just such a dream come true. It was wild. And we just have like a very similar way of talking about things texturally and color wise. So she just like understood me. And normally people are like, what are you trying to get across? Like, I'll be like, it feels blue and silver, you know, yeah. and you have to be like much more like literal and specific. And she just got it. So that was amazing. By the time this comes out, the album will either have just come out or, oh, or cool. something like that. But I'll figure it out. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but now that it, it was just this week that we're recording this, it was just announced like yesterday, the, the proper announcement of, yeah. of Healer. And I mean, how are you, are you just stoked now for it to be? I mean, it's like been, this has been a long time coming because there was actually some real healing that had to get done to be in a place so we could announce this so we could tour. Yeah. So, you know. Um, I mean, this must be kind of the most fun you know, picking up your vibe, the most fun section, sort of, because the anxiety part of, it's all done. is sort like, of yeah. done. And there's, yeah, it's and amazing. so you get to just make, delve into creative mode and make stuff. That's yeah, we're just, what, that's what exactly we're doing. what you want. 
we're just making, we're just, you know, fighting the label to get more money and making stuff. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that's all I've got for you. That's awesome. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, thanks again to Hannah for visiting me here in L.A. and for her time and candor. I hope we get to have more one-on-one convos like that in the future. And for now, the tour dates they were supposed to do uh, this spring have been suspended, uh, postponed as we all grapple with the coronavirus pandemic. But hopefully they'll get those rescheduled real soon. And uh, I'm back with a new episode in another couple of weeks. Episode 43 features a conversation with Alex Ebert of bands including Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros. Looking forward to sharing that one. And you can share feedback and reach me with questions on Twitter, at JennyLSQ. Thanks again for listening. I'll talk to you next time. 